0: I'm Becky Harmon, author and worker bee here at the Bella Books Warehouse in Tallahassee, Florida. Bella Books is proud to be the largest lesbian-owned press devoted to the publication of books written for, by, and about women loving women. Welcome to our What's New at Bella podcast. With me today is E.J. Cochran. E.J. also writes under the name of Blythe H. Warren. In addition to teaching English, E.J. has had just about every job imaginable, including running her own dog walking company. When she's not writing, teaching, walking dogs, or distracting herself with yet another employment adventure, she's one of those awful people who enjoys running, and somewhere in her closet has the dusty collection of marathon finisher medals to prove it. She and her partner live in Chicago with their three cats and their dog. Okay, so I don't know whether to say that I'm here with E.J. Cochran or if I'm here with Blythe H. Warren. Who who are you in this moment?
1: Uh, <laughs> I, I'm both of us.
0: Um, <laughs> a lot going on up there in my head. So why did you decide to write under Blythe as well?
1: Well, um, when I first uh, had my first romance, I was teaching at community college, and while they were pretty, you know, up on the diversity thing, had their uh, their pride week and, and everything, I wasn't sure how accepting they'd be of me writing lesbian fiction, because for as liberal as they can be, they can also be pretty uh, pretty attached to the canon, and so for one of their English teachers to be writing something that they would maybe frown upon, I was a little bit worried. So I decided to go with a pen name. How I came up with a pen name is my sister Heidi had breast cancer and she was going through chemo and I liked to check up on her every day, but I didn't always want to just say, how are you doing? How's the chemo going? So I tried to find different ways to subtly check up on her. And then one day I, I just said, hey, I need a pen name. And she was off. She was just <laughs> shooting all of these ideas at me. <laughs> And I, you know, I did get final approval, but she was just rapid fire with the names. And actually, she settled on, well, she settled, yeah, on uh, Blythe H. Warren. It's mostly built around cats that I've had.
0: That sounds um, perfect.
1: <laughs> yeah, because my my first cat, it was my cat. He was named Gilbert after Gilbert Blythe from Anna of Green Gables. There's Blythe. And then uh, we got uh, another cat after Gilbert died who looked like him. And his name was Scout, but when we first got him, we named him Hazel because we thought he was a girl. (laughs) And then that name just didn't sit right, but we kept it as his first name, and and his name became Scout. So the H in in Black H1 is for Hazel, my cat Scout.
0: (laughs) That sounds a great way to pick the name. (laughs) Yeah. So... So you live in the Windy City? You live in Chicago? Sadly, no. We moved to Indianapolis uh, about a year ago. Oh, was that a job move? You clearly didn't want to leave Chicago. I'll say that based on the expression (laughs) on your face when you said it.
1: Yeah, well, my, my partner got a promotion, so we decided to give it a try. I had never lived anywhere other than the Chicago area. She at least had gone to school in Tennessee for a few years, so she had some experience being outside of the state.
0: But it, it
1: seems like a, a fun adventure, but it's it's been challenging. It's very different from Chicago. We're actually hoping that we can move back sooner rather than really? later. Really? <laughs> There's some great stuff here. The, the nature around us is really incredible. We, on the street behind us, we've got this family of ducks. <laughs> that we see a couple times a week at least and they just you know, this this past weekend we saw the mom with her babies. We hadn't seen the babies yet. Oh but she was she was about to cross the street with the three little ones behind her and then a car came and everybody just stopped. And we just watched them as the mom circled around and went back and, you know, got them all safely on the grass again.
0: What's Gonzo think of the duck? Uh he is fascinated, but he doesn't go for them. Oh, that's good.
1: Squirrels and rabbits are more his his thing. And of course, the neighbor dogs, he uh, is very interested in letting them know that they are not his friends. <laughs> okay. Unless he just has a very unusual way of expressing friendship. So that might be the case as well.
0: So go ahead and tell me about Gonzo, because I think I remember seeing on Facebook when you first got him, he was a bit of a handful. Still is. yes. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. So we rescued him about a year ago, a little over a year ago. From an organization called It's a Pity, and Her so they, pit they mostly do pit bulls, yeah. Aww, um,
0: it's a pity.
1: And it's because our first dog Bart was also a pit bull, and we just fell in love with the breed. They're amazing dogs, and it, we took it almost four years since Bart died before we got Gonzo. And my partner was actually pushing for a dog, and I <laughs> kept saying no, but I got a little a little. Tipsy in Toronto and uh, admitted that I might maybe be ready. And then that was it. She was on the hunt. <laughs> so she found little Gonzo and we thought he would be perfect because he, he lived with a cat and we have three cats. He was supposed to be good with people, loved other dogs. Yeah, but from pretty much the second he got into our house, he disproved all of that. <laughs> he's, he's good with the cats, but so far we haven't been able to really introduce him to people because he does not trust them.
0: Aww. We
1: don't know what his past was, but we're thinking not ideal. He's shown signs that there was maybe some abuse.
0: Like
1: Aww. yeah, like when we take a, a pan out of the cabinet, he's It's like No, <laughs> we would never do that. But Aww. obviously somebody has. So You have
0: three cats as well, right? Yes.
1: So I have Motor. He's my oldest cat. He will be eight this year they're all tabbies he's uh, we call him a buff tabby so he's 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 an orange tabby but you might consider him kind of a pastel except you know he's a boy so he really wouldn't like to be called pastel so he's buff <laughs> yeah and he got his name from his foster mom because he just purred all the time so yeah, he's he's a sweetheart um and then there's Beatrix she's my cat uh even though my partner is the reason that we adopted her because one of my dog walking clients found this cat on her doorstep and asked me if I knew anybody who would be able to take in a cat. So I dutifully sent the text out to all of my animal people and said, Hey, does anybody know of a good home for this cat? And my partner immediately responded with us oh, please. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no.
1: We, we had, yeah, another cat. But she likes to jump on my shoulders and chew on my hair and just ride around. Every morning, she has to get on my shoulders and ride around chewing my hair. And she plants herself on my lap, usually at inopportune times. Like, you know, I'm trying to work, or write And there she is, spread across the lap. <laughs> and then our, our little semi-feral cat, Juniper. He's, I think he's about to turn three in a couple of weeks. My friends. Friend's friend does that uh, trap neuter release in in her neighborhood. Not affiliated with any um, organizations or anything. She just her neighborhood has a lot of stray cats. She's trying to help that out. So it's all money out of her own pocket. And this kitten and one of his siblings. She thought maybe they could be socialized. So she had them in her home after they'd been um, neutered and gotten their shots. And she Again, send out the, hey, anybody have a good home for a kitten? And because it was my friend's friend's friend, it came back to me. And there we were adopting this semi-feral cat. (laughs) Hides most of the day, but he comes out um, every now and then uh, and meows at us. And he's very, very sweet with us. Most other people don't believe he exists.
0: And I won't even mention the fact that you're a marathon runner because I find that disgusting.
1: (laughs) Technically, I'm retired (laughs) from marathon
0: running. But the fact that you enjoy it—that's what—that's what's repulsive. You yeah, I—I
1: want- I got into marathon running entirely, accidentally. So, curious. Um, hmm. the- <laughs> <Here in. laughs> I was in grad school and working at a coffee shop, so obviously totally wealthy at that point. And I saw a flyer for the um, National AIDS Marathon Training Program, and it had free trip to Ireland, and you know the alluring (laughs) shamrock on it and of course I was drawn in and apparently all you had to do was raise I don't know I think it was $2,600 for their charity and they would train you and then send you to Ireland to run the Dublin Marathon and I obviously was thinking about that not the fact that this was more than eight times farther than I had ever run in my life and I said (laughs) yes I will do this
0: yeah I'm kind of gullible sometimes (laughs) (laughs) but you did it again after that
1: Well, see, my goal for the first marathon was to finish without dying, which I thought was totally achievable. But during the training, I think it was probably on a 20 or a 23-mile training run, one of the members of my pace group, she was the oldest one there, so obviously wise, uh, she said, I bet we could finish this in under five hours. And we all thought, yeah, yeah, we could. And so that seed was planted in my head, but See, they were all training for the Chicago Marathon. I was the only one in the group going over to Dublin, so I was by myself.
0: And I didn't have
1: my group that had supported me. Um, and it was really through stubbornness that I finished because it hurt. It hurt to walk. It hurt to run. Somewhere around mile 20, I had this sweet little Irish lady who, uh, who saw me struggling, and I had my name on my bib, and she said, Oh, EJ, you look fresh as a daisy. Got me through that's great. But I I finished That's it day five day. hours, twelve minutes and forty six seconds. That's dang good. But I met my original goal, not the revised goal. So after my muscles healed, I thought that record exists for all time. I have to do another one and finish it in under four hours or under five hours. And and, then
0: it, and it doesn't yeah. seem like much. <laughs>
1: That's when I ran in four thirty one. Wow. <laughs> I had, again, been duped into resetting my goal halfway through training because the uh, <laughs> lovely young woman who sold me shoes looked at me and said, oh, I bet you could do it in 420. And I thought, oh, she's practically an expert. She knows these things. So I set a new goal and, again, did not make my revised goal, so I had to run another one.
0: Wow. That's pretty fast, though. I'm I'm, I'm impressed. Okay, so you moved from Chicago. Did you grow up in Chicago? Had you been there your um, whole life?
1: Yeah, I was. I was – it grew up in a teeny tiny suburb just outside of chicago it's called hometown and i actually lived on main street in hometown and wow it, yeah someday there will be a book about hometown because it's just weird little place honestly i think it's a mile by a half mile in size and absolutely everybody knows everybody in hometown
0: is it north south east west uh chicago? southwest
1: it borders right on chicago
0: Stick with us to hear more from E.J. after this break. Are you looking for something to do during those day-at-home hours? Check out the Bella Media Channel. Just follow the link at the bottom of the Bella Books homepage or go directly to bellamediachannel.com. You'll find plenty of entertainment and lots of book reviews and articles. And if that's not enough for you, then turn over to the Bella YouTube channel, where you'll find Bella authors have invited you into their homes with video readings for your enjoyment. You're listening to the What's New at Bella podcast, and I'm your host, Becky Harmon. Joining me today is Bella Books author E.J. Cochran. E.J. also writes under the name of Blythe H. Warren. Her fifth book, Heroin Addict, released in July of 2020. Okay, so let's talk books. You started with My Best Friend's Girl, which was a Blythe Warren. And then you went to an E.J. Cochran, which was Sleeping Dog Sly. And then back to Blythe with Bait and Switch. And then back to E.J. with Double Dog Dare. And now we're back to Blythe. Yeah, but guess what will come next? Yeah, I, I can only guess. Okay, so let's talk about the title and the cover. <laughs> I'm sure you have things to say. <laughs> it's an interesting title. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. It it started. Um. I was at a, a party at my sister's house, and one of our friends, Linda. I don't remember exactly what she was talking about, but she uh she joked that someone was a heroin addict obviously with the e on the end there and i i have an unhealthy love of puns so i (laughs) fell in love with it instantly and decided that it would make a great title and that i had to have it i just needed to build a book around it uh which i've never done before and i'm not sure i will ever do again because it was uh it's a little challenging but it it is definitely a fun at times but a lot of a lot of challenge went into this book.
0: And why is that? I've read the blurb and I've watched your reading on the Bella Books YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So if anybody wants to go out and check that out. And it sounds like a wonderful romance. I mean, Harper does sound like she may have some challenges in her future. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, there were personal challenges uh, because I. I don't know if I intentionally did this to myself or not, but I I put in the story some issues that I've had mm. to, to go through in my own life. One of the characters has cancer. And of course, I had my sister going through cancer. Uh, another character whose sibling is is bipolar, and of course, one of my sisters was actually the first person I ever knew of who was bipolar. I know she wasn't first person on the planet to be bipolar, but. Um, that was a fairly big deal when it came out. Um, it was like 1985, I think, that uh, that she was diagnosed. She was always, um, oddly fitting with the title, she was always uh, a, kind of a hero to me and um, the sister between us, Heidi. Uh, there's, there's so many kids in my family. <laughs> I'm the youngest of six kids, and my parents had them in two groups of three. So. Wow. <laughs> so the three of us, the three youngest ones kind of grew up together and Jenny being the oldest of the youngest three, uh, was very much our protector. That was really the, the impact when she was diagnosed was like, wait a minute, that's my, that's my big sister. How can anything be wrong? But I guess the the biggest influence is seeing how she's had to navigate. She doesn't, she doesn't hide it. She doesn't pretend it's not there. I think she's very upfront and honest about it. Um, And the world has definitely changed, become a more, I don't know, understanding place, but there's still a lot of room for improvement there and in a lot of areas. On top of that, shortly after I started planning this book and, and barely had written any of it, that's when Heidi got her terminal diagnosis. So that, you know, made sitting down and writing a little bit tricky. It's hard to be in yeah. that light-hearted, uh, happy romance place when one of the people you love most in the world is getting ready to say goodbye.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. And she passed away.
1: Yeah, um, September of 2018, she
0: she died. I'm sorry.
1: I- so it took <laughs> it took uh, about two years for me to write it, which is the longest it's ever taken me to write
0: a book. I, I noticed that we skipped 2019. Yeah. That's okay. You know, <laughs> but you did kind of make it difficult on yourself by choosing those topics within your book. Yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, I think it, the book
1: benefits from it, but it certainly did right. not make for a smooth writing experience, no.
0: I'm sure it was not easy. Yeah. But based on the blurb, Sounds like something that I want to read because I like a hero, and it sounds like Harper may get there one day, but it sounds like Elliot might already be there. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Talk about your cover. What about my cover? (laughs) (laughs) How much? How much say did you have in it? Was that your idea, or did the cover designer come back with? Yeah, I I only knew I wanted it to look like a comic book. Okay.
1: And my brother-in-law Joe is an artist he's a working artist and so I told him that much I wanted to look like a comic book and then he just asked me a bunch of questions about the characters and the story and then he came back with a, a, a rough sketch he has a whole process I'm not even gonna pretend I understand it but he let me make adjustments along the way. So, you know, I could say, oh, I think the one in the back isn't quite positioned properly. <laughs> and her facial expression should be a bit more uh, surprised, happy, not startled, terrified for her life, that sort of thing. Um, and, yeah. So, like, every step of the way, he, he gave me what it looked like, and I could give him feedback.
0: Cool. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about your backlist just real quick. So you you... You do romances and you do mysteries. Mm-hmm. And you have the Matilda Smithwick mystery series. Matilda, uh, her her name is actually Matilda Smithick. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: That's okay. It's it's no a way, running joke write? in the book because um she's named after beer. <laughs> when my sisters, Jenny and Heidi, came up with the idea for this sleuth. Um, and so we met at a bar in um, downtown Chicago called Monks to figure out the story and Heidi and Jenny were drinking Matilda and I was drinking a Smittix, And so we decided that that should be the, the <laughs> detective's name. Um, Perfect. And then because a lot of people uh, say Smithwick, cause that's, it yeah. looks like that's how it should be pronounced. Yeah. Um, we decided to make it a, a running joke that people keep mispronouncing your name <laughs> and she gets really irritated by
0: it. I think I remember you talking about when you were working on your book that you guys would take trips or things like Uh, that does that ring any bells am i making that up
1: (laughs) no you're not making that up
0: um we used to meet at monks
1: um and we'd kind of take over a corner of the bar and just plot the uh the books i was working on (laughs) um and, I mean, we would just kind of drink beer and throw out every crazy idea that we had. And then um, I would go home and try to make some sort of literary sense out of it. And then in, uh, in 2016, Heidi, Jenny, and I took a road trip from Chicago to Baltimore because that's where uh, Little Vinny's is. And um, so part of breast cancer, uh, the reconstruction, the reconstructive surgery... You don't really have nipples on your breasts,
0: right?
1: But little Vinny does three D nipple tattooing. Oh wow! Um, and so Heidi wanted that because she wanted, you know, to feel like, all right, I'm, I'm complete, right? And the and journey is over. Um, and so we made a road trip out of it. And for most of the drive, we were listening to, um we called it murder radio, but it was basically the the audio of was it Forensic Files? I think. Yeah. Something like that. But it's on, uh, on I think, Sirius radio. Um, so that was basically our soundtrack. And then we would talk about horrible ways to die. And we started planning the second mystery, Double Dog Dare, based on our discussion of what would be the worst ways to die.
0: The covers, especially Double Dog Dare. If anybody listening has not went out and seen the covers, you have to go look at Double Dog Dare. That is, it, it, Just looking at the cover makes you want to read the book. And I didn't ask you what you're working on now. Um,
1: I am working on the third Maddie Smithick mystery. In my head, it's called Hounded, but that very likely could change. And I I don't know how much I should reveal, but I'm kind of loosely inspired by the movie Clue.
0: I mean, I love
1: mysteries, but uh, writing them, I definitely wanted to go more towards the cozy side of things. Um, for the, I don't want to write about blood and gore I don't want to have to learn that much about viscera to have to put it out there convincingly <laughs> and I, I do like the humor of it especially getting Maddie and Dottie together once they start occupying space in my brain um, it's just a very fun place to be
0: I've read My Best Friend's Girl but I have not read Bait and Switch and I do have a copy here at the house just based on the blurb on it made me want to read it the cover is interesting though the i think there's fish there are fish
1: um because the the narrator the main character is a marine biologist she's an aquarist (laughs) so and that's you know where the title came from that i actually had to ask for help i i'm terrible at coming up with titles, so that i went i was at the bar monk's for a book group and I was asking everybody like the waitress, the bartender, a guy two stools over, <laughs> what am I gonna call my book? Um, and fortunately one of my uh, my fellow book group members came up with the title for me. So Kind of one of the things I, I like playing with in writing is I want the weird jobs for my characters. <laughs> I've had some normal jobs. I mean, there's been a teacher, but, like, you know, comic book artist. That's not your standard employment for the heroine of a a romance. Um, So, yeah, I'm toying with the idea of maybe having a mortician, but I'm not sure.
0: That would be good for your mystery ones. (laughs) And then the most important question is, how can folks reach out to you? Um,
1: well, I'm on Facebook uh, as as me, E.J. Cochran. I am technically also there as Blythe H. Warren, but I think I check that like once a year. And I've recently gotten onto Twitter, but I'll be honest, I do not understand Twitter at all. Yeah. I don't think I've tweeted anything. I keep wanting to call it twitting because, of course, it's Twitter. It's not Twitter. Uh, <laughs>
0: with my heart I don't want to drive slow surrounded by this highway, we're at the speed of light. Baby, let's drive all night. so that's it for us today we hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you'll share it with your friends don't forget to subscribe so you'll be the first to know who I'm chatting with you can share your likes and dislikes of this podcast by reaching out to becky at bellabooks.com. We are rushing forward, I'll take you, I'll take you anywhere. Bella Books is proud to provide books where the woman always wins, and the story lingers in our minds long after the last words. Special thanks to singer-songwriter and Bella Books author, Jamie Anderson, for the use of her song, Drive All Night, during this podcast. You can find out more information about Jamie, including a link to her YouTube channel at jamieanderson.com. All night Drive